Time now for a Christmas sports fix with Ben Cullen. What's up, everybody? It's Ben Cullen here, and I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas, Common Room. It's Christmas Eve, and I hope the big man pays you all a visit this evening. Tom Brady failed to register a score for only the third time in his NFL career on the weekend. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were beaten 9-0 by the New Orleans Saints. Three field goals meant the Bucs, the reigning Super Bowl champions, missed the chance to secure a playoff place. Brady turned the ball over twice and was sacked four times as he was shut out for the first time since 2006. I don't think we were much good at anything tonight, said Brady. I wish it was just one thing. It was a lot of things. We have got to do better in every facet of offensive football to score points. We're not going to win scoring no points. Rafael Nadal has tested positive for COVID-19 after returning home to the World Tennis Championship in Abu Dhabi. The 20-time Grand Slam champion was beaten by Britain's Andy Murray in the semi-finals of the exhibition event on Friday. Nadal said he experienced some unpleasant moments but hoped to improve little by little. The 35-year-old has only just returned to action after a long injury layoff. He made his comeback in Abu Dhabi after a foot injury had ruled him out for the final months of the 2021 season. Andy Murray went on to lose to Andrew Rublev of Russia in the final, making Rublev the first Russian to take the title. Phil Foden and Jack Relish have been warned over their conduct by manager Pep Guardiola. As a result, they were left out of Manchester City's win over Newcastle on Sunday. The England pair were pictured on a night out after City's 7-0 home win over Leeds five days earlier. Speaking after the 4-0 win at St. James's Park, Guardiola hinted that Foden and Grelish had not been rested. I pay a lot of attention to behaviour on and off the pitch, he said. And when the off-pitch is not proper, they are not going to play. So they have to be focused all the time because the distractions of the Christmas time and everything that happens, you have to still be focused. City are top of the Premier League and the win at Newcastle was their 34th league victory of 2021. That was a new record for the most top-flight wins by a team in a calendar year. It was also their eighth win in a row in the league. We now welcome back Matthew Marsh to the studio. Matthew is an F1 analyst and a former racing car driver. What did you make of the incident on the first lap on turn five or six, whatever it was? Well, that set the tone a little bit because what we've... <laughs> about precedent and about precedent not being followed because actually what happened at turn six lap one was that Max Verstappen lunged up the inside of Lewis Hamilton but didn't run off the track when he did that and Lewis got out of his way and drove off the track and maintained the lead and precedent would say you've got to give that position back Lewis because Max actually had taken it from you but I think again uniquely in my recent experience of the sport the stewards did take into consideration the context and typically they don't. They don't. Typically the stewards don't take into account the consequences of the incident. It's like you ran him off the road or you didn't. In this case, I think they said, well, Max could afford to make the lunge and Lewis could only avoid it because otherwise if they'd crashed at that point, Max wins the World Championship. Yeah. And they had warned the drivers about such moves. And in the past, they've allowed, in particular, Max Verstappen at the Brazilian Grand Prix just a few weeks ago to do exactly that and get away with it. Again, precedent. So, summary is incredibly inconsistent 
and inc inconsistent not only in what they're giving as penalties or not, but in the way they're judging them, it seems to me. Understood. So again, we go into the winter with a lot of people calling, people who are cool-headed about this, saying what we really need to do is we need to really reevaluate how we judge the sport because it's a massive global industry and the system of operation for governing it is not now fit for purpose. Yeah, especially when it's so close between the two and every single incident has huge ramifications, right? Exactly that. It's the yeah. ramifications that make it so important to get it right. Yeah. Overall, do you think Max, you know, as a season as a whole, is a deserved winner or do you think Lewis was robbed? Uh, both, really. Um, <laughs> there you go, sitting on the fence. Yeah. Uh, because Max Verstappen... I'm just reminding myself with my notes here. You know, nine races... Sorry, nine months, 22 races... 1,238 laps completed. Max led 652 of them. He led more than half the laps. He led twice as many laps as Lewis Hamilton. He had 10 wins, Max. I mean, you could argue it should be nine each, but as it stands today, 10 wins to Max, eight to Lewis. 10 pole positions to Max Verstappen as well. And the other thing is, I believe I'm right in saying that after that 1,238 laps, the difference between the two of them was nine seconds if you calculate the entire Really? So yeah, incredibly close. But you can't argue that Max didn't deserve it at all because he did. And he did it by winning all those races. He had some incredible bad luck. He had um, that tyre blowout in Azerbaijan yep. when he lost all his points. He had the crash with Lewis Hamilton at Silverstone, which you can say, well, that kind of self-caused. And he had the crash at the Hungarian Grand Prix when Valtteri Bottas took out a number of cars and took out, in particular, Max. Which, you know, without those situations, so let's say just, just take the bad luck ones, put aside the judgment ones, Max would have, would have easily won the World Championship. So I think absolutely deserving champion. I think he's been remarkable. He is one of the most exciting racing drivers we've seen. Very, very tough. And I have criticised and will continue. Some of the moves he made uh, are worthy of criticism. So no, but on, but on the balance, absolutely deserving champion. Very good indeed. I wonder what your perspective was at the start of the season when perhaps you were just a few races in. What were your predictions for the rest of the season based off how the cars were performing and the drivers individually? Did you see it being so close? Or, yeah, what were your initial thoughts? Well, there is a thing in the F1 media kind of circus, if you like. We all kind of tease each other about this because we go to the pre-season testing or we watch it from overseas and we, ah, oh, this is going to be a great championship and we, we're looking for the, you know, glimmers of sunshine, if you like, the rays of hope that we're going to have a great battle because for so many years we, we see a, a dominant team, whether it's Lewis Hamilton with Mercedes or before that, Sebastian Vettel with Red Bull, before that, Michael Schumacher with Ferrari and it's, you know, they get there on merit but it's a little bit um, less exciting than when we get two teams at each other. And that's what we saw at the beginning of this year. Wow, the Red Bull with the new Honda engine is as good as, or if not better, than the Mercedes. Yeah. And so it's turned out to be. It's been an incredible. Because Lewis was so dominant last year, right? Yeah. And, and, and the other thing that's a positive about this is that by being pushed, Mercedes being pushed by Red Bull in terms of the cars, and by the way, it's been so close that all of the experts like me, in inverted commas, who say, oh, this track coming up is going to be a Mercedes track and then Red Bull beats them. It's not because we were wrong. It's because it's so close. Well, we may be wrong. But You're wrong, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's so close that if Red Bull get their tyres working just a little bit better than Mercedes, it switches the balance. That's yeah. how close it's been. So, yeah, we thought it was going to be close, but not as no one could have predicted. No, absolutely not. Or hoped it would have been as close as it's been. Yeah. You know, not, as I say, nine seconds separates the two after 22 races. 
shows you how close it is. Incredible. Is there a race that was your favourite, for whatever reason that may be? Hmm. We've been blessed with some incredible races. Actually, the last few years, you know, sometimes I'll ask, I'll bump into somebody and say, do you follow F1? Ah, oh, no, I don't bother watching it anymore. It's all, you know, Lewis wins every race or whatever it is. Which is I used to hear from people, ah, oh, Schumacher wins every race. And I just, I'd kind of bite my tongue. I want to say, are you joking? Did you see the last races? Yeah. And the other, and there's two parts about that. One is not only that the races at the front have been impossible to call most of the, 22 races you didn't know going into the Grand Prix weekend certainly and even on Sunday morning yeah uh, but then there's the other 18 cars and the battle for the midfield positions has been more intense this year than I can remember um, at any point in the last several I'm trying to think about which one actually had the best racing uh, not the last race, that's for sure. That was disappointing. <laughs> I mean, the week before was pretty pretty good, was it not? No, Saudi was disappointing. Because, it, because same thing, really. Because of the way the sport's been administered, really, and the, the drive... Uh, Max was behaving in a, in a, in a, in a bad way Okay. Saudi. I mean, he was being idiotic. And and that they should have stamped that out. You know, because the race before in Brazil, he'd been idiotic and got away with it. So then, of course, it's like, a, you know any human if you let them get away with things they tend to carry on in that direction of course right? yeah so that's what was happening there and they did sort of i think stamp it out pre Abu Dhabi. well so i don't think i can point to any one particular race i think there have been so many moments when she in a way for me the favorite moments aren't those when the drivers are side by side and there's incredible battling it's when it seems to be static but you what i watch the timing screens and i'm thinking oh Look at this. These guys are absolutely nip and tuck. The teams are trying to work out exactly when to stop for tyres. The guys who are going to do the wheel changes know that if they make one slip-up in a two-second operation to remove and replace the four tyres, two seconds, one move in the wrong direction is going to cost the race. So the pressure on everybody, and I live that pressure. I find myself perspiring, my heart rate's up, you know, that sort of thing. So I think that's overall for me. If there is a particular race, it would be the Italian Grand Prix at Monza. Okay. Because Daniel Ricciardo is a fabulous character for our sport. Fabulous racing driver, fabulous character. Had a pretty difficult year. Surprised people, actually, that he's been shaded by his teammate Lando Norris for most of the year. Now, by the way, Lando Norris is as good as, in my opinion, Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc. He's one of the greats. And because because he's young and, and so forth, people don't yet recognise it. But... Uh, and Lando really should have won the Italian Grand Prix, but Daniel, on merit, got the lead and was completely unflappable and just drove brilliantly. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was a McLaren one too, which was a lovely story as well. But it was particularly because Daniel's had a terrible... had had a Terrible is the wrong word, but had a difficult year. But when he got his opportunity, you know, knocked the ball out the side. Smashed it. Yeah, smashed it. Very good. Matthew, thank you for your insight. As always, great to see you. And good luck with your future endeavours with your Matthew Marsh TV Great. and uh, yeah maybe we'll get you in next year post-season pre-season always enjoy chatting to you likewise thanks very much ben. thank you mate Cheers. Hong Kong are you ready this is the hottest ticket in the world right now Football is ringing in the festive cheer with a full programme of EPL fixtures 18 out of 20 clubs are set to be in action on Boxing Day my hottest ticket of the world this week is the matchup between Brighton and Brentford. Two of the smaller clubs battling it out, both sitting on 20 points each. Have a great Christmas all, and I'll see you next week for my top moments of 2021.
Thank you so much, Ben. Join him every single Friday for a very special sports fix. Common Room with Alison Howe. Common Room with Alison Howe.